Sanders Snitker, libertarian, Republican, and political hack, and Adrian Wiley, born-again anarchist and political has-been. Banter, lather, and joke about current events while attempting to figure out whether to keep trying to salvage our constitutional republic or just stock up on marshmallows to roast on the smoldering embers of society. It's time for Unattended Baggage. Why, thank you, Letch. Hello, everyone in Podcastville or Internet Land or wherever you may reside. This is Alex, co-host, Unattended Baggage. Along with me is my radio life mate, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Adrian, Chairman of the Building Materials Projectile Staging and Logistics Committee of the West Central Florida Guild of Professional Anarchists, Local Chapter 151, Wiley. How are you, sir? Or more importantly, do I know you? <laughs> That's an interesting way to, to start us off there. But uh, yeah. Even yeah, after I, saying everything I, I just said, I, then I'm like, do I know you? And you're right, exactly. I, I think you might, uh, you might have my bio there, I think. Is that officially your bio now? Uh, it is now. It is now. It is now. Yeah, fuck everything else. Uh, that's that's me now today. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's <laughs> welcome the man, the myth, the legend. I like it. I like it. And uh, of course, being uh, uh, chairman of the uh, uh, Building Materials and Projectiles Logistics uh, Committee of the uh, West Central Guild of the the. But you're just fucking this thing. I all know. You have butchered. <laughs> know my own you have title. butchered your name so badly yeah. at this point. But it's that not even funny. that is my crowning achievement in life. There you go. Yeah. Everything else a, is downhill. That's the thing I'm here. proudest about. But uh, yeah, I got to tell you the story. So yesterday I'm at one of my clients, right? And they've got this new employee, and uh, she's uh, I'm gonna say she's uh, late 30s, maybe real attractive, right? Yeah. And she comes up to me and she goes, you know. You look so familiar to me. Do I know you? And I'm like, no, I don't think so. She's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I do. I'm like, well, you know, I, and of course, you know, hot chick coming up to me, you know, asking if she knows me, give me a smile, all that, you know, that's just going to, ego is going. Oh, yeah. It's getting bigger. It's getting bigger. So, Luckily, you're at a car dealership because the insides are so much bigger that they can handle your head. Well, it wasn't a car dealership. I, well, wow. well, actually, it was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're not supposed to give the insider details of this. but Oh, I'm any, sorry. I'm sorry. Anyway. I didn't say which one it was. No, that's good. And we'll just stop now. Um, but <laughs> so anyway, um, I'm like, uh, well, you know, I used to be on TV quite a bit. And, uh, you know. Did you really say that? <laughs> I said, I'm, I'm kind of famous. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and and, and uh, she and i said you know i ran for governor in 2014 and she immediately goes nope nope that's not it <laughs> and it just went <laughs> that ego you know and so I'm, I'm gonna give it another shot right so i'm like well uh, do you listen to talk radio she's like nope <laughs> and then she goes so I'm, I'm totally deflated now i'm like well i don't know that you, you got know, nothing I, I got nothing um and she goes i know what it is you used to come in mugs and jugs all the time and i used to serve you <laughs> and i'm like no i'm pretty sure that's not it she goes yes it is you used to come in there i remember I'm like no i i think i've been to mugs and jugs once and that was in the 90s you know and so yeah it was a it was a very uh very humbling moment for me <laughs> i guess it was that sucks yeah so she's still convinced that i'm that guy <laughs> used to you know come in by himself and and uh, you know sit in a booth at uh, mugs and jugs <laughs> so, yeah well, i really thought the story was going to be way better for you than it was <laughs> no. the fact that you told the story on the air is actually awesome well you know it, from time to time you need that ego check you know you need oh someone, yeah you gotta you realize that nobody to knows who the fuck you oh, are right yeah you, you, you know I, i'm a nobody in, in in anywhere outside of my own mind you know yeah and sometimes you need people to remind you that and that's a it's a great thing so uh even though my ego was deflated i thought in retrospect i thought that was just you know a, a good thing i needed that right then yeah, yeah. You did. that's funny that <laughs> yeah. sucks i but, feel bad for you you know though but at the same time in two weeks though somebody could come up to you and be like oh adrian miley blah, blah, it, it blah. does happen every it, it's it's not common but it, every once in a while that does still happen yeah you know so uh, of course you know me when that happens the ego is back 
you know, it's, oh, it's a my quick head inf- is the size of a, oh, a balloon. Again. It's a quick, infl- it's a quick. <laughs> <reflux>. <laughs> yeah, right. Like you have, like your ego is made of a special fiber that if yes. it gets a hole poked in it, then the hole will instantly reclose right. and just requires a repumping like in order to get self, big again. It's uh, healing tires. Yeah. Or better yet, it's it's like a, that inflatable balloon that they use to land probes on Mars, you yeah. know, and it just kind of bounces around until it settles in. You know, that's kind of how it is. But uh, speaking of someone with another massive ego, I understand you got invited to uh, speak somewhere. Yes, I did, as a matter of fact. So... Um, and I haven't really talked about this on the air a whole bunch, but I am uh, back again chairing a committee oh, in the LPF. Are you no? Yes. No. <laughs> I am. Okay. First, all right. Stop. Stop. How? First of all, how the fuck did this happen? <laughs> okay. So. Jesus Christ. I was asked. They. I got reached out to by somebody. Okay. And Do you they, want to say who? No. I, I, okay. I, I'll, right. I'll, I'll leave. I'll leave the. I'll leave. That, <laughs> I want to hear that, that off that air. Okay. So you don't know who the person was that asked me. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. good. I mean, they know you, but you don't know them. Okay. So I was asked um, if I was wanting to be the chair of the Legislative Action Committee. Oh, God, here we go again. And so... I can't do the show this week. I'm going to Tallahassee. No, no I'm not going to Tallahassee. Uh, you're going to Tallahassee. No, not this year, it, for sure. It, for sure happen. not this year. I'm it's, not going. Uh, you know what's going to happen. All right, you say that now, but... But here's know. the thing. I wouldn't go on a Saturday. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Like I wouldn't go Saturday to yeah. fucking Tallahassee. Nobody's fucking up there. All right, so even some, though even though there's a whole bunch of people that always do freaking events on Saturdays, by the way. Right. Which I think is the dumbest fucking shit you, nobody you ever might sees as well them. do it in Orlando. For right. Fucking, the, you might have more politicians. <laughs> They're probably on vacation there that weekend, just, you bunch of dumbasses. Just do, well, yeah, AOC might be there having yeah. lunch, you know. You never know. You never know. know. Um, but all right, so you might get an opportunity to date her. So you are now the the chair. Is this the uh, the state party, national party, which party? St- oh, state, state. state okay, state, state, all state. right. Because this is the one thing. Like, like I looked at it as well. Look, this is the one thing where I actually have experience in. Right. I'm not doing anything else. Right. So I'll just do this, and and I'm not. And I, and I even warned them like ahead of time. Like I just want to the people that are on the committee. I'm like, I don't write nothing. I cut, copy, and paste what you write. Right. Just so you know. So well, why is that? You've you've written a lot of or co-written a lot of legislation in the past. Yeah, John yeah. does all that. Well, John fines tunes it, but you know. Well, no, actually, yeah, he does most of the writing. Yeah, yeah. I didn't do the I cut copy. Yeah, paste that's true. It. We got We got to give John Hallman all the credit. Oh on that no, he gets, and again, I've already talked to him. Yeah. he's already helping me. Hey, of course, so he is. Yeah. unofficially, because right. he's not on the committee, but he's helping me out. Um, so I figured I'm like, well, I can put this thing together. But my whole goal in, in thinking of it was, I'm going to put it together in a way in which to get it straightened out, so that I could, so if I could be replaced, basically. Right. Because what I do is actually a monkey could fucking do it. I, I just happen to do it in a certain order in a certain way that works out well. Yeah. They, they, it's not that I'm even that smart about it, other than, like, I understand what's going on up there. But I can deflate yeah, things. Yeah, you're, 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 you're kind of you're selling yourself short there. You know, oh. you're, you're good at that. You're oh, okay. good at that. Okay, yeah. well, I, you know, here's the thing. I can put it together very well, so I've started to do that, right? Right. But I did it in a way in which I'm trying to... I want to make it right, not make myself indispensable, though. Right. So now in doing that past couple of weeks, I've been, you know, having like little 30 minute meetings. I Like I run a meeting. Wait, so wait, 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 wait. This has been going on for weeks and you didn't tell me. Uh, no, you were afraid to tell me, weren't you? Yes. <laughs> well, no. I thought I actually did say something to you about it, but I didn't want to like I don't and, uh, I don't want to bring it up too much with you, though, only because like I realized one, you're going to give me shit for it. Not really. And, yeah, a little yeah. bit. A little bit. And two, you're going to be like, what the fuck are you doing? Well, so what legislation are you working on currently? Uh, it's just the gun stuff that's not going to go anywhere. And, and What gun stuff? Uh, they got constitutional carry outright, up there. You want an outright ban on guns, right? That's, that's what you're going for? <laughs> I, she's kind of the opposite. Oh, it's kind of the opposite. They there. want constitutional carry up there. But some other group actually got Wilton Simpson on record to say he'd sign the bill if it was if he would vote for it. Oh, that's good. And DeSantis has said that, too. Oh. However, they've played it in a way. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's easy to say it when there's yeah. not a bill in the Senate. And w- Yeah, and when it never makes it out of committee. And Yeah, 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 yeah right. Yeah. Yeah. So the only way to get it done now is via committee. Like, right. a committee's got to write the bill in the committee. So we they targeted why why couldn't it go through the normal draft process because it's over. Oh, we're past like, that point. We're past that point already. It's January. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's election year. Oh. They start in January. Oh, right, right, they right. start the session in January yeah, during election early. years. Right, I forgot about that. So they yeah. do that. But at any rate, and, and I wasn't even saying all that to get into this part of it. But then one of the people on the committee sent me sent me a text and said, "Hey, did you want to speak at the LPF convention?" Right, and I was like, "Sure." I'm, 
you know, I don't care. Right. So I talked to that person and we got everything straightened out. And so I'm going to go and do just, I'm, and honestly, I'm going to do the legislative process, like presentation. Like I'm going to do a presentation. It's not even like they, you know, whatever, but they were very happy to have me. They were all like, Oh my God, you're going to be there. And all this and that. Oh, and Jesus so Christ. again, Here my go. Ego, ego got fed a little bit there. Right. You right. know, and I even told the person on the phone, I go, look, man, the, the, the uh, I go, the, the, the rumors are way better than the reality. You're, you're back, dude. Hello, boys. I'm back. You know, I wouldn't say I'm back all the you're way. You're back, dude. You're back. I am kind of back. You're though. back. But mm. here's the thing, though. I'm back in a very limited role. But I'm back in the you one role. You always say shit like that. Yeah, always but I say, am. But you never are. That's the thing. No, I am this time. You're like eight months away from being the chair of the LPF. No. Yes. Steve's you, doing a great job. You, you, no, no. Steve's doing a great job. No. I would never want to do. I would never want to do that job again. That was fucking prison. Okay, vice chair. <laughs> no, I want that. That's prison. I wouldn't do it. Uh, yeah. I'm cool you enough. Say with, that now. Well, say it's that not going to happen. Yeah. If if honestly, here's the thing. If that happens, then I might as well be prepared to stay in the stay in the in the uh, garage for the rest of my life. Oh, really? Yeah, because they would look. They're already upset enough about me doing this part. Yeah, you now, think you're upset? You look at Danielle I'm, and I'm Kelly. I'm not really upset. I, you know, it's look. If you're going to do anything politically, writing legislation in Florida for the LPF is, you know, not a horrible thing. It's kind of like a library for government. Well, no, it's <laughs> it's kind of like uh, masturbating with sandpaper. But you know, it's uh, <laughs> you think it's going to feel good, but basically you just end up raw and bleeding. Well, hold on. <laughs> you know what the funny part about it is, is that I I. I will say this, though. The difference now between then is that I realize that more than likely none of this shit is going to go anywhere. Right. And so if if it, the legislation fails, I don't so so like, what, I don't care. So what you're saying is essentially you've agreed to do a job where the outcome is failure and uh, you know there's no possibility of success. Well, I would define success differently now. Okay. And the way I would define success would be is to actually get the libertarians to understand legislation. <laughs> and so I think in that aspect, <laughs> that, in yeah. that aspect, I could actually be successful. Yeah. So they would actually understand the process. Because the last time we were doing this with Liberty First... The problem that the reason we didn't do it in the LP is the one time I tried to explain it to everybody in the LP, I had Mike Kane on the line just saying, "Why don't you just tell them we should all be free?" <laughs> like, and and then they would argue because like voting is violence. Yeah, which I agree with now, <laughs> ironically. So, I, you know, in that time, I didn't think that they were ready, and they didn't have the people that were there that could actually that would want to look at it. Right. And now I think that's different. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, and there's some people I like working with and, you know, I get to work with Carl still and Carl's a great guy, you know, Carl. Yeah. Carl's yeah. So it's always fun to be able to work with him and, you know, to kind of, you know, I feel like I got a foot in, but that's all I got in. Like I didn't jump in. I only got a foot in cause I don't got to do like everything I got to do is so easy to do. And like when I do yeah. the calls, like I make it a point on every one of these calls to be like a half hour or less. Right. And to really just get through what we got to get through and then get on. Like, I don't want yeah, anybody to yeah. we, we know you're, you're, anything think, like you're thinking just the tip and next thing you know, you're pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> it could be that. Yeah. It could be that. Yeah. It could be yeah. that. So, um, but OK, so before we get into some of the other things that were in the um, that are in the top part, uh, meatloaf died. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, kind of a bummer. You know, you know what I saw like instantly that I thought was extremely funny and extremely in poor taste. Mm hmm. Is that they had a picture of a pine box going into a fire and saying, how do you want your meatloaf? And it's like 500 <laughs> degrees or how do you cook meatloaf? And it's like 500 degrees for right. 45 minutes or something like that. Yeah. And I was like, man, that's fucking funny. But like he fucking died today. Right. Like you can't give that shit the weekend before you fucking put yeah. that one out there. Yeah. Too soon. Too a soon. little too soon on that one. Well, and then there was one of where Betty White and. Who's the other guy that died? Louis Anderson? No, it was somebody else that just died. Oh, uh, the other comedian, uh, uh, Full Bob House. Saget. Yeah, yeah Bob right. Saget. They're like, you know, let's have meatloaf for dinner. <laughs> Which was another one that was like well, a, it was almost like a triple Lindy of fucking yeah. of, of shit. I'm just like, wow, really? That's what we're doing? Well, all I have to say is his name was Robert Paulson. I saw that too a bunch of times, yeah. and I really liked that one. Though. Yeah, yeah. Because that was funny. Well, I got a meatloaf story. I actually saw Meatloaf uh, live at Janice Landing many, many years ago, like Damn. 25 years ago. And Dawn and I, uh, my wife and I, were in the front row. And, uh, you know, if you've ever been to a concert, it's a very uh, tight venue. And you know what I'm saying? It's a small venue. But like they how do many people does Janice Landing hold? Like, was it like 250? 
Yeah, may, maybe 500 at the most if it's really packed in there. So it's a it's a relatively small venue. Yeah. At least the old school. I think they expanded it now. I think it's quite a bit bigger. But back in the old days, it wasn't nearly yeah, as pre-COVID. But uh, so we're in the front row and it's packed in and and literally, you know, it, Meatloaf is on the stage directly in, in front of us, which we thought, oh, this is going to be so awesome. But halfway through the show, he starts pouring sweat. And he's swinging his head around, and, and, and he's sweating all over us, and it's getting in my like eyes. you're in the get, splash zone. Oh, yeah. You're like, in the meatloaf like sweat a splash zone. Gallagher show, you know? And <laughs> you didn't even bring it. And you didn't even bring your plastic and, fucking cover. And so I'm really enjoying, like, you know, this this uh, great performance. And going blind Every at time the same I time. turn around, I'm, I'm getting just covered in meatloaf sweat. <laughs> Meat sweat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> the meat sweat. So eventually, you know, about probably two thirds uh, of the way into the set, Don and I said, you know, we're just going to scoot our way back a few rows <laughs> and get out of the splash zone. Uh, but yeah, he's a great performer, uh, you know, and uh, uh, rest in peace, meatloaf. You know? you know, here's the thing. I don't. I didn't really care too much for meatloaf. I always felt meatloaf was like a one hit wonder. No, he had several good I, hits. I, I know. Good I'm not saying yeah. I'm right in this aspect, but I'm like, I just never. I mean, em- most of it came from the Bad Out Hell album. I never you know? embraced Meatloaf, though, like totally. Right. But I loved him in Fight Club. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he was great in Fight Club. Well, he actually, I think he got his start in movies before he actually um, had a music career. Because he got a really? start. Like in Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that was like a few years before he released his first album. Oh, yeah. okay. All so, right. But, uh, yeah, anyway, you know, it's always that time of year you, you lose a bunch of people. And, and people you wouldn't expect. I mean, Betty White, you know, she was 99. I, eventually she's going to go. You know, for a while there I was thinking she might not. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she might actually be immortal. You never know. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Bob Saget was a surprise. And, and Meatloaf, kind of a surprise, but not really. You know. Meatloaf was a COVID one, they're saying. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure he was not in the greatest health, you know. And Louis Anderson. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, you know, here's the thing too about Louis Anderson. Never really. I yeah. really did wasn't a big fan of Louis Anderson. I, I wasn't. Even I didn't remote. hate him. No, I didn't hate him, but I, I I never thought his comedy was that good, and you know, never just yeah, you know. He was just like I don't know. I don't but know. I, I I wasn't into it. I tell you what, the the best way to guarantee you have a short lifespan is to be a fat comedian. Yeah. None of those fat comedians ever live. Yeah. They they you know, there's a lot of them that go away pretty quick. Yeah. Know? Yeah. You I know? mean, how how many can you count? You know, Belushi, Sam uh, Kinison, Sam, John Candy, Louis Anderson, uh, that other yeah. It? Oh sh- oh my god! I, can't I know. Be- you did, yeah, I I can't think of his name. Living in a ba- van down by the river. Well, that's yeah. That's uh um. Oh my god! Yeah, uh, Tommy Boy. Oh, oh holy shit! Holy shit! <laughs> What's going what the hell on? Here? Is going on? Hold on. Oh crap! You know, there's a whole bunch of not people Ferrell, not screaming at their phones right now. The the name of this guy and oh my I god! I apologize right off the bat. By the way. Oh yeah. Oh, I, and I love him. Oh, yeah, help us out. We, we got to oh, pull that Jesus up. Jesus Christ, I'm looking it up. Come on, computer, don't freeze up now, <laughs> motherfucker. What are you doing? Oh, my God, it's fucking freezing uh, up on me. All right. Tommy Boy, Tommy Boy. Hold on, let me look that up. Uh, Chris Farley. Chris Farley. Holy shit. Thank you. Oh, my God, I can't believe that. He was one of my favorites. You know, that guy was awesome. But Yeah. Yeah, you know, all the all the fat comedians. I loved him in the, I loved him in the Chippendale skit. Oh yeah, Patrick everybody Swayze. did. Yeah, like that was fucking funny. That was the the epitome of no fucks given, self deprecating humor. There, right? You know what I'm saying? You know, but still, he moved it though. Yeah, like he was moving he, it. He pulled it off. I mean, I'm yeah. wrong. He was you know fatty shit at that point, but you know, I'd, I'd put a I'd put a dollar bill in those uh, spandex. Oh, I'd put a fiver. In there. <laughs> yeah. that shit. So R.I.P. Meatloaf and Louis Anderson and everybody else that dies. It's you know nobody's making out of this motherfucker alive. That's for damn sure. That's the truth. So. Yeah. Um, now, so I do want to give an update on what I consider to be the best car ever, which is my 2016 smart car. You know, I, this really doesn't need to be a segment. <laughs> it's know? not more of it's well, not no, a no, segment no, no. as it, much of it, it's just it a totally pa- it's is. Just I think we've talked about smart cars for at least the last four episodes. You know, well, I've been waiting to get my, let my me, new one. Let me explain something to you. Nobody gives a shit 
about your smart car. Oh. Yeah. No, just nobody does. Oh. Now tell us about your smart car because I don't want you to be sad for the well, rest now of the show. I, now I don't even. Now I feel uncomfortable. Now I don't think I want to. Now. <laughs> tell us about your smart. Car. Oh, I love it though. Come okay, on. Okay. No. No. I love the smart car. car. It is perfect for me. It is. Yeah. It is absolutely perfect for me. And I will say the turn radius on this motherfucker. Like I can be in a street, right? Right. Pull a UE. And not have to back up or nothing. It just it's like a, it's like I'm it's like I'm driving around in a zero turn fucking lawnmower for fucking Pete's sake. Right. So it's really a lot of fun, and I've been driving around with it and having a good time. And so I'm gonna leave it at that, though. That's that's fine. Yeah, yeah. And you you look like uh, you know forty clowns in a baby car. You know. <laughs> You're all hunched over and squished. I'm not up hunched. And, o- no, it's yeah. not. No, no. There, it's very comfortable. In you the need to like Fred car, Flintstone and stick your head through the roof. You know, pop through there. No, you know, no, no. You're put you're pebbles lying. on Dino's head. You're lying. You're no, lying. I'm you're not, being a liar man. now. I, I now think, you're just being a liar. I think you weigh more than the car. I don't think I weigh more than the car. <laughs> I think you do. No, I don't. yeah, yeah. You're you're definitely uh, you know ha- have a, a higher mass than the vehicle itself. No, I don't think so. that thing is but just right. it's ridiculously small. It's awesome. Hey, uh, I'm going to take your money tonight. Oh yeah, so we're going to talk about this as well. So tonight's poker night, right? And uh, we're going to be one short. Ray's going to be not there. So how many is that? Uh, it's like five. Uh, another five, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I had a. Five, Ray's got COVID. I have. A, I had a five person poker game last night, and uh, yeah, it, yeah. You need more people, I think. Yeah. Um, you know what? I got to tell you, the number I like the best yeah. is six. Uh, yeah, six is probably the best number. Seven's not bad either. Seven's no. not bad either, but Eight's I like six. too many, though. Eight can be too many. Yeah, yeah. It's too many people in there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's so, harder to get into a groove, So I think. six, I, I, you, you might be right. Six may be the perfect number, but five is too few. Five, five is still okay, but it's not six. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see what happens tonight, though. I don't. You, you might. You might. You might not. I don't well, know. Well, you get more position plays. And now, are we uh, now? What's no tournament, point? just cash games. Oh, just cash games, and yeah. it's dealer choice cash games. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's that's a little harder to do because there's no buttons, no blinds. You can't play position as much. You know. Well, you can sometimes. Yeah, you can sometimes. Yeah, but you know. I mean, I'll have the buttons out there and shit. Yeah. So. Yeah. So no Chinese though. That's stupid. Fucking no. Crazy. Too many. Too many people. Okay, for, too many people for yeah, Chinese. We won't play Chinese. That's just a stupid ass game anyway. So. I love Chinese. Not, yeah, well, you know. Okay, commie. <laughs> I mean, I don't like those Chinese. You know what the funny part about it is, though, is that what you what you don't have to do tonight if we play Chinese is to bring your burner phone. I'm lost. What are you talking about? <laughs> That's a segue. The new Olympic item. It's it's our number oh, one. I the first I, fucking I, story I wasn't there. Looking in the you show know what, notes. Dude, here's the thing. Huh. Sometimes when I whip my dick out, you fucking smack it. And that's one of the times that you just did that. I didn't smack it. I, I just was at a urinal down the hall. Or you or ignored something. it. You <laughs> yeah, ignored I, I it. Ignored it. Yeah. That's fuck. That's just. That's as what bad. I try to do when people whip their penises out. <laughs> just saying. You know. It just looked the other way. <laughs> oh, I didn't see that. I didn't see I, that. I want nothing to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> but none Olymp- of my business. Olympic athletes advised to leave phones at home in, in uh, to dodge spying. Right. So it's, you know what, dude? Here's the thing. Why would you have an Olympics in fucking China if this is what you're going to be worried about? Right. Right. Yeah. You know, well, that's the thing. I mean, China is the new America is what it really boils down to. Everyone's afraid of pissing China off. Everyone needs uh, their money, you know, so they get to pretty much uh, run the show. The problem is, is they're a horrendously totalitarian regime. Yeah. You know? And uh, yeah, can, can you imagine uh, you know, a bunch of, uh, you know, teen and 20-somethings uh, leaving their phones behind. <laughs> that is never happening in a million years. Well, if you bring a burner phone, though, that's that can work, though. Yeah, yeah. That's what I would probably do, a track phone, flip phone, you know. Well, they probably still want an iPad, or like an iPad, not an iPad, but they want a, you know, like a smartphone. Right. Well, so if, if you go that route, you're still screwing yourself anyway because you're going to log into all your accounts, and, you know, that's... Oh, that's true. Yeah, I mean... Oh, that's it, a good point. It, so... Unless you're literally bringing just a completely dumb phone uh, that all it can do is is phone and text, you're you're going to be screwed either way. I mean, yeah, that's true. <laughs> the moment you connect to any of their networks, uh, you're you're just screwed. You know, here's the other thing though, is that I know that they're bringing this up as a concern going over there. Right. However, I do think that if the United States government's talking about it, they're being a little hypocritical. You right. don't think we're not doing that to fucking Chinese motherfuckers that come over here? Well, they're doing it to everyone in the U.S. The, the primary difference is 
is that uh, in the United States, we catalog everything, we store everything, but they're not really actively going through it unless you've been targeted. And and that is the truth. The the NSA literally has is probably at this point recording every single text, every single email, every single communication, uh, every phone call that you make. But they're not actively analyzing it. And they're certainly not analyzing it for, you know, for someone saying, fuck Joe Biden. Okay. The difference is in China, they are. They're still capturing everything, still monitoring everything and, and things like that. But they are actively looking for any form of dissent, any type of uh, disobedience to authority, things like that. Um, so that's that's really the difference. And it's not a big distinction. And the way things are going, um, you know, probably in the U.S., eventually their, you know, political speech is going to be considered terrorism. And But now they have all yeah. of the stuff to be able to do it with, though. Like, as soon oh, as you turn have. the light on, then, or as soon as you flip the switch, you can do it. They have from day one. Yeah, I and mean, that's know. the problem. Yeah, so... So the, this this stuff is all built into the backbone of these systems. And you know? There's a, and there are people out there that are not going. Like I know that the U.S. said that they're not sending like their official delegations, and right. There's other countries that are doing that as well. Well, I understand and, that the uh, the media is not sending any correspondence to cover it or announcers. I guess everything's going to be remote. Yeah, yeah. So and why the hell are we doing a Winter Olympics there anyway? You know they won. Yeah, I, I they don't. I mean, I'm sure they there bribe, are parts. Of I'm China. sure they bribe the right people in order to make it happen. Yeah, I, I mean, they don't even have uh, it, most of the mountains around Beijing. They don't have snow. I guess they had to they had to bring <laughs> it in. They're having to. Make they probably all got this. Muslim Uyghurs putting it up there. Uh, probably so. Yeah, slave labor driving yeah. them with whips and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's just China is such a horrible place. But I feel bad too. But for you're the right. There. It is a little hypocritical for the U.S. government to say this because honestly. Uh, the U.S. government does the exact same thing. They just yeah. aren't as brutal with the enforcement of the things being said in the data they collect. Yeah. You know, and that's for now. <laughs> you know. All right. So there's another story I wanted to get to. And again, this is kind of a, some of these stories in the beginning kind of are all over the place. But we've talked about the January 6th riot or whatever. The first thing about that is, before I get into the actual story that we're here is, is that there definitely were feds that were involved in January 6th. Right. There's not really any, like, they haven't outright admitted it, but their denials are not actually denials. They're just, we can't answer that question. Right. Which means that if it was a no, then it was just a no. Right. Like, you had people in there. That Mike Epps guy was running the feds in some aspect or another. Like, there was some shit where... You had Trump bring a bunch of people up to the Capitol, and then all you needed was like just some sparks to happen, yeah. and that's what the fuck happened. I, it's hard to say whether they were truly uh, being agent provocateurs or what, but there were definitely um, federal informants, federal agents in that crowd. You know? Yeah. And to what their role or the responsibilities were or how instrumental they were in actually um, inciting it, is up for dispute, but I, I don't think at this point you can dispute that there were federal agents in that mob. Yeah. Yeah. But none of that changes the fact as to what the fuck Stuart Rhodes was doing and fucking Oath Keepers, by the way. Yeah. So so what's, uh, and I, I know he's been indicted, uh, but what what's this latest about? Uh, they brought, they said cartloads of arms and ammunitions were at the ready at a Virginia hotel, according to an indictment against members of the far right militia group. Wow. So what they did was they brought a whole bunch of weapons and a whole bunch of ammo with them and had it basically at the ready. Yeah. What the fuck were you doing with that? Like, really? Yeah. What the fuck were you doing with that? Yeah. Now, is having the weapons there enough? I don't know if it is or not. But man, this doesn't look good. No, I, I don't think that's uh, that's enough to be charged with. Well, um, but I think it, they had plans. It does sh- uh, go to intent, yeah. You know? And you know, I think the biggest mistake uh, that Stuart Rhodes uh, has made was that it, a little premature. <laughs> it wasn't the time yet. Well, I mean, if you're gonna here's the thing: if you're gonna shoot the king, you better not miss. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, and, and he, he missed. The, yeah, they missed. Here's the thing: not only did they miss, but they laid out their hand. Yeah. And I think that's probably one of the worst things that happened because of January 6th is you guys showed them all of the um, uh, holes in their system, and yet you didn't actually do anything. But but then again, 
do you actually believe this? Has has Stewart uh, admitted this? Right. Yeah. There's enough. In, no. No. There's enough in there to where this happened. This happened. Yeah. yeah this went down. Now, what? don't get me wrong. Could the feds be involved in what he was doing? Maybe, but he still had to make the call at the end of the day. Right. Right. So I, either way, I just don't know what the fuck you were thinking. Well, it it, it does concern me that you know since uh, we've had such a close connection with those oath keepers, and I mean we haven't. You know, I, I disavowed them several years ago. And I deleted Stuart, Stuart Rhodes from my contact list <laughs> just out of an abundance of caution. Uh, but, you know, um, it, it does kind of concern me that, uh, you know, that the connection that we've had with them. Eh, yeah. I'm not that concerned with it. Like, like I'm not that concerned. Well, with when it. I got arrested in 2014, I had an Oath Keepers card in my wallet. Yeah. And the deputy really keyed in on that. Oh, he did. Oh, yeah. He's like, oh, so you're one of those sovereign citizens types, you know? And I'm like, no, this is just an organization. And, and this is what I believed at the time. Uh, you know, no, look, this is an organization of law enforcement and military and, and, you know, veterans and things like that that just say they're going to uphold their oaths to the Constitution. And, the and I'm talking to the, the deputy. I'm like, you took an oath to, the, to uphold and defend the Constitution, right? And he's like, yeah. Hey, do you intend to keep that oath? It's like, well, yeah. Well, then there you go. You could be a member of this organization. And so after that, he was like much cooler with it. But he had obviously been briefed that this was an anti-government, you know, anti this and that. And, you know, it's funny. And again, it, it evolved into that and it evolved into crazy town and it evolved into, yeah, we got to get Trump, you know, that sort of thing. And, well, it, and that's why I left their it. problem came down when they decided to, to wholesale endorse Trump. Right, right which they shouldn't have ever done. But prior to that, it was simply an organization of people who ironically supported constitutional government. Yeah. You know, and the fact that, you know, A, even back then when there was no inkling of any type of violence or insurrection or, or overthrow the government or anything like that, I mean, it kind of was. It was just the, the basic premise was that law enforcement and military should never obey a command that was counter to the Constitution, yeah. which I, I think is is just kind of I mean, should be in the... It seems reasonable. Exactly. Exactly. So their their concept would, we will not enforce any unconstitutional law. Yeah. Okay. And that is blatantly unconstitutional. And here's the thing, is that I believe that Stewart violated his own mission. Right. When they started endorsing and supporting Trump. Like exactly. They did. And to be up there on that day, January 6th, I think, yeah, really, sh you should not have. Look, if you want to go there as an individual and do your thing right. and, go, go, and go support him as an yeah. individual. Yeah. But you guys were way more coordinated than that. You're way more like, it, it, again, it was one of those things where you that's yeah, you took a stand that you shouldn't have taken. They took it in a direction from. Um, you know, uh, we're going to disobey unlawful, unconstitutional uh, commands from the hierarchy, which was a passive position. We're not going to do anything and turned it into a, a very aggressive attack type mode. We're going to actively overthrow the government. Yeah. Um, and, and that's where they made the mistake. And that's, you know, why I cut all ties with them well yeah and, look, and, and i here's like to thing. say that repeatedly so that yeah. our government monitors listening don't come after us <laughs> <You know? laughs> hey, look i look i i just can't believe like i don't I, again like i wrote in the title what the fuck were you thinking right like what the fuck were you thinking well, did well, you think you were gonna thing. be able to get away with yeah, this yeah and what the fuck did you think you were gonna accomplish what are you gonna do okay you've taken the capital you don't think they're gonna send a shitload more people than you got yeah you know you how do you think that's gonna end you know, it's like always like this is the best case scenario of how it was going to end. Because right. It could have been worse where the feds would come in and shot you. Right. Did you did you think like, you know, 10 million Americans were going to all of a sudden stand up and form an army today? Yeah. Over uh, right. for Trump. Right. Right. You know, it, it just what the hell? Were you doesn't thinking? give a fuck about you. Right. Exactly. And that's, you know, clear as day now. So, well, you know what, though? You'd think it is, but it ain't. It ain't clear as day. Uh, not There's to some too many people, yeah. too many people still go like you know he he cares. Yeah, that, that I, guy I, cares about one thing himself. I didn't understand that from day one. I never understood the the appeal of Trump. I mean that guy was mud always, puddle in a desert. I guess that's what it is. I, I guess it's when you're mud just puddle so in a desperate, mm -hmm. you know that you know you you'll fall for anything. I can understand it. Yeah. I can, I definitely can understand it. Like I don't even get mad. I don't even get mad because it's like, you know, I I get disappointed. 
I, I, yeah. I do get that, but uh, I don't especially get... in people that I thought had a better head on their shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just it is what it is, though. At the end of the day, it's yeah. just you know, again this. But he's gonna. And every time there's something new that comes out, like the thing with him and DeSantis, where people want to downplay this. And it's like, you know what, man, this is... What, what are you talking about specifically? All right, so DeSantis won't outright endorse Trump right now. Right, because he's going to run against him. Maybe. Probably. But, so because of that, Trump is now privately attacking him. Yeah. Calling him dull, saying he's well, an yeah, Of course, yeah. This and that, yeah. whatever. Now, don't get me wrong. Do you think that it helped DeSantis that Trump endorsed him to win the primary? Yeah. Probably at the time. Probably at the time it did. I, now, I think did it, that help him win the general? No. 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 And it would probably hurt him going forward. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think Trump really had. I think Trump has probably lost half of his support base at this point. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't no, know. No, you, you just see the radicals. You just see the, the zealots, you know. I mean, I guess because I live in Florida, but I guess. But, yeah. Because he, it's everywhere. He, he's got. But, it's, but here's the thing. It's not as everywhere as it used to be. Not even close. Oh, God, it's still a lot of places. Yeah. No, no, it's I just, mean, when I drive around, dude, I see it all over the place, man. Yeah, you're just on seeing houses, the zealots. You're just a, seeing the, the, the fringe that make a lot of noise. You know? Yeah, but these aren't politically active vehicles. Yeah, they are. They are. <sighs> but yeah. anyway. And they're usually uh, next to a, a flag with stripes on it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Which I still find ironic. <laughs> you know? What? Yeah. We're going to overthrow the, the government uh, and fight the police, but we love the police. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, what? I, don't I don't understand that part <laughs> right. either. No, no, no. You're right. I don't understand that part Something, either. Something's not making the connection yeah. who here. Who do you think is going to enforce those laws, buddy? <laughs> right. Yeah. Who do you think those guys work for? Yeah. <laughs> not you. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's crazy. Now, so uh, across the across the uh, the lake here, uh, the pond, the pond. I'm like sorry, the it. pond, as they like to call it. Yeah, um, there is a fury at Sadiq Khan's money making plot to force motorists to pay per mile to drive in London. Yeah, yeah, people are pissed about this, but uh, basically, uh, you know, this is something that is a lot oh, of this places is coming here. By the way. Uh, it, it probably will as we get away from gasoline. Oh yeah, they're going to have to find a way to tax us uh, and make up for the revenue that they're they're losing on uh, gas taxes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's probably going to be a per mile. And and the more connected your car is, the easier it is to track that. And that's what they're going to have to do. Yeah, and you know it, it's it's astounding to me that more people don't get that is that you know when you buy these fancy new cars that are connected to the internet, all your telemetry data is being uploaded to somebody who's going to sell it to the insurance companies and some people even voluntarily put the dongles on their uh what is it the uh because yeah, you get a ODB3 yeah, you uh, get a connectors discount. yeah cuz hey get 10% off if we can see you know how you drive every second of every day yeah you know <laughs> screw you I'll pay 10% more thank you yeah you know and that's exactly what's going to happen and that is the mechanism by which they're going to tax you and it's going to happen it's just going to happen one day. They're going to pass a law, and next thing you know, uh, it's they're they're going to add it to your uh, payroll deductions or something like that. It's just going to be a mileage tax or something. They're going to do it in such a way where you don't even have to cut them a check. They're just going to take it from you somehow. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it, it, it'll be added to your electric bill or something like that. The, mm-hmm. it, one of those mechanisms by which the government controls, and, and they're just going to do it. And the beauty is, is I'm driving around in my 2006 F-150 with 200,000 miles on it with no connection to anything smart whatsoever. I'm going to be laughing at you motherfuckers because I'm going to tell the government that I work completely at home and I only go to the grocery store, which is a quarter mile away, once a month. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know? that is until they use the, uh, the the cameras that are on every one of the light poles to prove that you're lying. Well, that's why I keep my tailgate down so they can't <laughs> see my, my plate. <laughs> you do have an answer. You do I, have an I answer. Do. I, you know, I've, I've thought this thing through. I got to tell you though, if I was you though, I'd stock up on parts for that vehicle though. <laughs> now there's plenty of them out there, man. For there, now, it is the most popular vehicle in America. Period. End of story. Yeah. Did you know that the F one fifty is the most sold vehicle for like the past twenty five years? Yeah. Yeah. So that's the way to go, man. Because of Dennis Leary. Why? Because of Dennis Leary. Well, he does the commercials. Oh, right. No, does he? No, he does. Doesn't he do Dodge? No, he does Ford. Oh, that's right. That's right. He does Ford. Yeah. Uh, no, see, obviously that didn't come into my thought process. But but yeah, so so London has started the uh, the uh, tax per mile, and uh, it, it'll be coming here. 
Um, and uh, you you just won't see it until they deduct it from you. Yeah. You know, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. So uh, this brings up the next article. Uh, distrust in political, media, and business leaders sweeps the globe. And this is extremely positive to me. Yeah, this is good news. No, yeah. no, this is absolutely good news. We kind of knew it before, but we... we, we um, um, uh, but this is when you have some nice, solid numbers to go with it. Right. A majority of people globally believe journalists, 67%, government leaders, 66%, and business executives, 63%. Now, remember, look at the numbers. Journalists was the be- biggest number. Right. And business was the smallest number, even though they're all pretty close. They're pretty close, yeah. Are purposely trying to lead mislead people by saying things they know are false or gross exaggerations. Yeah, and I, I think that's true in all cases. Now, it's not true 100% of the times. Not everything that... The journalists are telling you is an exaggeration or an outright lie not everything the government says an exaggeration or an outright lie and not everything business executives say but much of it is and enough of it is to i'm not saying completely discredit everything they say but to um be extremely critical and extremely um you know uh, questioning for lack of a better term uh, of anything that you hear from any of those sources. Yeah. You know, and you, you almost have to uh, analytically dissect everything on a case-by-case basis. Well, yeah, because here's the thing, like, man, there's so many different ways in which they're, they're, they're um, what's the word for it, that they are... Um, Manipulating? Yeah, there's yeah. so many different ways in which they're doing it and so many different levels in which they're doing it. Right. That even when you start to figure it out a little bit, even some of the stuff you figure out is still misleading you as well. Like right. It's still, a, it's all a work, you know what I mean? It's, right. all, it's all a work. Everything's wrestling at this point. It's yeah. all just a work. And, you know, it, here's the thing. It's kind of like the January 6th thing. Right. Just to go back to this. Look, Trump... Who I don't think was in on it to do it like from an inside job kind of deal. Right. But Trump and his ego didn't think he lost that election. Right. So he's like, well, we're going to go rally up and in, 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 we're going to go rally up there in um, in uh, 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 in Washington, D.C. to stop the steal because, you know, Pence can do this. Right. When Pence can't do any of that shit. Like yeah. he, just, he ain't going to do that shit. So you have no idea of what the actual political process is. So you're not educating yourself on how that shit works. Right. Two, you got an ego big enough to think you can just do this kind of shit. Yeah. So what you do is you invite all these motherfuckers to come up here, which, you know, because they're all pissed off because you told them that, you know, they should have won and, you know, you released the Kraken and, you know, you let these grifters like Sidney Powell and and, and whoever the other lawyer was at the time. I forget his fucking stupid ass name. But you let these idiots get on fucking TV, which the media, in an effort to actually continue the misleading of the public, let these people on TV listen to what they were saying all the time. Now they may say but they, that they were, were the wrong. people in power, so they were the government at the time. Yeah. So you, you well, Sidney Powell was just Trump's lawyer. Well, though. but still, you, you have to understand that these were representatives of the people in power at the time. Yeah, that's true. So you can't really say, I, and, and that's the thing. There was basically what happened is during that time, it was just the percentage, probably at all times, no matter who is in power. 65 let's say two-thirds of the american people don't believe anything that they're saying the thing is is that of those two-thirds it one-third flips depending on who's in power Mm -hmm. and and that's the really strange part about it but i want to get back to this article because okay there's something else that i found much more frightening in this is that as trust in democratic institution wanes there's also a growing doubts about capitalism uh, developed democracies specifically lack economic optimism per the survey. So you've got uh, distrust in de- democratic institutions, dis- uh, distrust in the, the quote-unquote free media, and uh, distrust in business and capitalism in general in the free world. Okay. However, authoritarian regimes and the people under them are starting to trust their leaders more. Now, there's a very specific reason for that is because they're inundated with propaganda. Yeah. And what's happening is, is as these freer uh, societies are getting fed with more and more propaganda, they're starting to distrust it more, but they're also distrusting the institutions. So there's a tendency to be susceptible to authoritarian regimes 
And now we know that if you're under an authoritarian regime, after enough propaganda and after enough lies, yeah. you eventually believe it what and start to that? trust them more. Oh, what do they call that? They, uh, gaslighting or... Well, there's gaslighting something else, but I was thinking like not Munchausen syndrome, it's... Um, Stockholm syndrome. Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. So I think those people are suffering from Stockholm syndrome. Well, I, I think it, it comes to a point where if you have a long enough time span where all you hear is the lie, unless you're a very strong-willed individual... Um, well, if you're that strong-willed, they killed you. That, that's true. That's true. In in those regimes, if you're that strong-willed, you're in a camp. Yeah. yeah or you're, you're dead. You're dead. Yeah. Yeah, one of the two. And uh, so that's... While it's it's comforting that, and this is always the the break point in these types of discussions that we have, it's comforting that people trust their government and the the some media less and less. But there's that tipping point where they can also be turned into supporting authoritarianism. Yes, and, and that's kind Quickly. of quickly, and and that's what I've always said. Look, if we ever do have a situation where the government you know does collapse or, or is weakened to an extreme point like i ho- actually hope there is, there are two pa- possible paths that branch for them and one is actual freedom and truly limited government and peace and prosperity and the other is complete totalitarianism under communism under socialism under fascism under uh you know like whatever pickerism. yeah pickerism exactly but it's not good for anybody and that's the, that's always that break point that you have to worry about, you know. Well, more times than not, it goes towards the latter, not the former. Right, right. I mean, almost, well, almost no, exclusively. No, that, that's not always true. That's not always true. Sometimes it does go freedom, but it, there's really a cycle to things, yeah. you know. And so eventually, even if it starts out as, you know, free and, and laissez-faire and all that, eventually it circles back around to, yeah, it, it's a it's a process. It's it's always a process, and until we get off the merry-go-round, we're always going to have to deal with this. Well, no, that's true, too, which takes us to the reason number one. <laughs> IRS to require facial recognitions to view tax returns. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit on a stick. Well, I, uh, what's it been now? It's been uh, approximately 11 years uh, since I warned you this was coming. Yes. Yeah. Uh, 11, it's all on record. It's well documented. Uh, it's been... Uh, What's it been? It's been eight years since the first time I went to jail uh, for fighting this thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, 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 it, it was plain as day that this was going to happen. And pretty soon uh, you're going to have to use facial recognition for for everything. And a lot of people say, well, why is this bad? Why is this bad um, to have uh, my uh, identity so solidified like that? And I can't answer that from your perspective. But from my perspective, I always want to be able to disappear, you know, and it terrifies me. It removes any anonymity that you could have. It's not only that. I really want, and I've always wanted this, and I've always tried to do, and I probably shouldn't even be talking about this, uh, but I've always wanted to be in a situation where if it gets too bad, I can just go away and nobody will ever find me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it, it's getting to the point where you can't do that. And right now, you know, to a lot of people, I think we're already at that point. By the yeah, way. we're not we're not totally, but we're close. We're close. It would be exceptionally difficult for me to do that at this point, but I, I could still pull it off. Having said that, though, um, you know, it, if you completely trust in your government and you completely trust in the in- institutions of society, then it's not a big deal. To have your identity so solidified and so locked down. But when you see the potential that it can go so bad to not have that ability could be a death sentence. You know? Yeah, like here's the thing. I don't care which side of the political spectrum that you're on. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Where this I, is this is above left right politics. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, but no, no, but left right politics still is a, is a no matter what in these democracies that you talk about, right. one side, they're always going to switch power back and forth. Right. Why would you create something that your enemy would have? Right, right. If you are a, a left-right type person yeah. or a red-blue type person, yeah, why are you going to do that when you know in four years the teams could switch and, you know... The teams will switch. The bad guy could could have that power. Now, yeah. You know? and But from my perspective, that part of it is even irrelevant. You know, you I, know? I will say this. That's the one thing that I would say that I had probably the biggest 
naive thought on right was that eventually everyone would get it yeah because the other side would do it to them right and so few people think that they shouldn't have the power and so many people like well we got to fight like hell to get the power right and it's like, oh, you just didn't get that, did you? No. Like, it's no. the power that's the, power the problem. Itself. Yeah. And everybody should be able to agree to fight that. Right. Even though totally doesn't happen. Right. right. You know what I mean? Well, no, I think about a third of the American people get that to some degree. Huh. You know, but again, it's it's to some degree is is the key point there. Yeah. You know, there's, there's very few that, that feel the way we do. Yeah. Yeah. Now let's get into this reason number two <laughs> from reason.com. Kansas and California cops used civil forfeiture to staged armor to stage armor car heists, stealing money earned by licensed marijuana businesses. Okay, I did not read this. I'm very interested in hearing this. Okay, story. so let me see here. Because the continued federal prohibition of marijuana makes banks and payment processors leery of serving state-licensed cannabis suppliers, many of those businesses rely heavily on cash, which exposes them to a heightened risk of robbery. As a new federal lawsuit shows, that danger is not limited to garden-variety criminals. It includes cops who use federal, federal civil forfeiture laws to steal money earned by state-legal marijuana businesses. Five times since last May, sheriff's deputies in Kansas and California have stopped armored cars operated by Imperial Logistics, a Pennsylvania-based company that serves marijuana businesses and financial institutions that works with them. The cops made off with cash after three of those stops, seizing a total of $1.2 million, but did not issue any citations or file any criminal charges, which are not necessary to confiscate property through civil forfeiture. That process allows police to pad their budgets by seizing assets they allege are connected to criminal activity, even when the owner is never charged, let alone convicted. You know, I don't know how law enforcement agencies get away with that in America. Because they're allowed I mean, to do it legally. That's so blatantly unconstitutional. I mean, that's not even, oh, you know, we should really, you know, consider uh, whether this is, uh, you know, might be unconstitutional. That is like literally exactly the reason that we have the fourth amendment that is exactly the reason that we have the fifth amendment that is exactly the reason we have the sixth amendment these i mean this is so codified in law that they can't do this i don't understand how they keep getting away with it well maybe i can because governments don't have to follow the rules yeah you know and again that's where we've gotten this country so think about that folks uh, these are legal businesses transporting the money that they earned legally. They are intercepted. They are robbed. They are never charged with a crime. They are never convicted of a crime. Everything they're doing is legally just the fact that the law enforcement agencies have the power to just seize that money and take it and keep it. They do. That is literally no different than armed robbery. It is our robbery. Exactly. You can't differentiate the two because there is due process in this country. There is, you know, uh, you have to have a reason to seize that money. And if the person is not convicted, you got to give it back. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, there's no reasonable suspicion. There's no due process. There's no nothing. There's no warrant. I mean, it just across the board, it's like eight violations of constitutional yeah, law yeah. and they get away. Hold with on. It. Listen to this. I'm going to tell you on May 17th. Dick Dickinson County Sheriff Deputy Kalen Robinson pulled over one of Imperial's vans on Interstate 70 in Kansas, ostensibly because the Colorado tag number was partially obstructed by a license plate frame. Bullshit. Bullshit. Uh, Robinson grilled the driver who explained that she planned to pick up cash from licensed medical marijuana dispensary in Kansas City, Missouri. The next day then take it to a credit union in Colorado, which would entail traveling through Kansas again on the same highway. Robinson let the driver proceed on her way without issuing a citation, but the Federal Drug Enforcement Administration, DEA, kept an eye on the van the following morning as it visited the Missouri dispensaries. Later that day, Robinson stopped the van again as it traveled west on Interstate 70, seizing more than $165,000 in cash from its vault. In September, the Justice Department filed a civil forfeiture complaint seeking to keep the money. In If the government prevails, the Dickinson County Sheriff's Department will get up to 80% of the loot under the Justice Department's 
equitable sharing program. Again, they are incentivized monetarily to do this. Right. And so they are going to fight tooth and nail to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and folks, this applies <laughs> pretty much anywhere in America these days. If you're carrying more than. It, it, actually, honestly, it doesn't even matter what you're carrying, but in a lot the of... The trigger's over 10000 Yes. If you're ever carrying over $10,000 in cash, it can be, just be seized. And you cannot get it back. And you cannot get it back. And it's it's considered, and this is not a joke, it's considered unlawful possession of currency. Now, it doesn't matter if you earned it completely legally, if this is, you know, you cashed out your 401k, you sold your house... You know, what all those instances that you're talking about, somebody's got their shit stolen from that. It doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's happened. Uh, Yeah. You're going to buy a car with legal everything. Every one of those situations occurs. Now, here's the really interesting part is the possession of unlawful currency is not actually a crime they can charge you with. They just take your money. Yeah. Yeah. It, but then you have to go to court to get it back. Yes. And most of the time you lose. And you're on the yeah, and you're doing it on the defense at that point. Right. Yeah, exactly. You're not from you, a position the of authority. The burden of proof is on you to prove that that, that money was uh, you know, uh, obtained lawfully. Yeah. And, and most of the time you don't get it back. Yeah. You know? It's why these motherfuckers are evil. Oh, I, yeah. Just yeah. fucking evil. I mean, evil. how do these people go home at night and think, "Hey, I just did a great job." You know, I, I don't. I, I really don't know how those people sleep at night. Th- this I, I got to tell you, man. I really don't understand it. This is why I've got no use for cops whatsoever, and I wish there were none. Yeah, you know, I would like. That's the here's the thing. That's the response that you have to something like this. Is right. like, I don't care all the good that you do if right. you do any good. I care that this is the evil that you can do. Right. So you shouldn't be allowed to do it. Here's the deal. In my society, if I'm driving down the highway with a armored car full of my lawfully obtained cash yeah okay and a band of robbers tries to attack me i can defend myself yeah you should be able to shoot them yeah and i can probably prevail mm-hmm. you know i i can have a couple guys with me armed you know we can shoot back when it happens with law enforcement you got no prayer yeah they're just going to keep bringing more and more people until they eventually kill you yeah. and take your stuff anyway yeah and that's the difference you know, in a world without police, I can actually defend myself from criminals, but I can't defend myself from the police. Yeah. Because and when they, they have, become the criminals, because you're they just have done. a government sponsored monopoly of force. Right. Exactly. And if that's the case, then, then no matter what, they're going to keep bringing that shit from. I mean, look, there's very rare situations in which, you know, like the Amon Bundy case and stuff like that, where right. you have, oh, shit, really? Yeah. Oh, fuck. There's so much more shit I wanted to get to in the first hour. Okay. Look, <laughs> folks. <laughs> To explain what just happened here and why there was such a dramatic break in the the flow of the show, I just held up three fingers to Alex, indicating there were three minutes left yeah, in the show. Yeah, you didn't do it in German, now, by the way. Now, listen, three. listen, you and I have been doing radio together and, you know, podcast, radio, AM, FM, for a long the whole, time. for a long time, yeah. right? You know these type of signals. You should be able to see me hold up three fingers without it distracting you, and certainly without going, "Oh, holy shit!" Like out of the blue for for our listeners. Right, so we're so I want to apologize to our listeners for uh, Mister, you know, twelve years of experience in radio. Uh, Alex uh, just blowing it like that. Okay, my bad. Yeah. My, oh shit! Oh, what's going on? <laughs> another party foul. <laughs> Holy shit, what's going on here? Hold on, I gotta close shit down. I'm sorry, I'm new. I'm new. (laughs) Oh, God. It's like... It, it, it's like having a, a rookie with me at all times. I swear to God. I can't you know. All right, so Make your last point. Okay, so the last thing is is that I put for reason number three here is the ex- so this Reason week, number three, you should not trust government. Yeah, So, but what happened was this week, the Democrats tried to kill the filibuster. Right. Because they want to get this uh, voter rights legislation passed, right? Yeah. Except for Cinema, Kirst, Kirsten Cinema and Manchin won't kill the filibuster. Right. Because the funny part about it is you only need 50 votes in order to kill something that requires 60 votes. I always find that to be funny, by the way, that literally it took the majority to kill something that the reason why you have it is because of 60 votes. Like you don't need 60 in order to do that part. You only need 50 to kill that. Right. So they tried to do it. They couldn't do it. And the side of hate or the side of, you know, battling hate and, you know, wanting to stop violence and all this other shit 
literally is putting out posts threatening those two fucking, you know, threatening cinema over the fil- filibuster saying that basically she should be attacked. And the rise in violent rhetoric that we've had going on from both sides, again, this is not just one side, it's both sides, is that that itself is causing the reaction from the public that you would actually think is going to happen, which is that they're going to actually start violently going after you. And then all of a sudden, now we got to fucking put up all the goddamn fences in Washington, D.C., because now you're afraid of the general public that you've riled up to the point of fucking violence actually going to do something about it. Yeah. Yeah, well, welcome to America 2022. Hey, folks, that's the end of our first hour. If you'd like to hear more. So much more in the second hour. Go to patreon.com forward slash unattended baggage, and we'll see you on the other side.